Welcome to episode 30, all you diehards. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving week. I was in Quebec with my partner, Bree, and I want to say a big, 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 big thank you to my Aunt Allison and my Uncle Joe for gifting us our accommodations while we were there. It was a profoundly generous wedding present. I'd also like to express my gratitude to this gaming group, this table, for putting in the effort for years now in creating this wonderful, supportive, fun little corner of the world. And it is such a good reminder that even things like this, fun things, take commitment and effort to make happen. And the fact that Cole and Rudy and Will and Ben and Morgan keep showing up makes me so happy. So I'll take a moment to encourage you, listener, the next time you're getting off the phone with that buddy you haven't seen in a dog's age, but it was so good to catch up like no time had passed, that you be the friend who schedules the next one. Doesn't matter if it's in a month, three months, six. Get it on the books. Something comes up, who cares? Reschedule it. But put the effort in to staying connected to the people you love, because there's nothing better than that. Here's this week's episode of The Heroes Die. Hey, everybody. How's it going this week? Howdy ho. Howdy ho, indeed. Question for you. When you were a kid... Was there a cartoon character that you particularly admired or identified with? I realize that those are two kind of different things, but I, I, I think there's sort of shuffle those two ideas together a little bit if you want to get at the, the, the heart of my question. I will answer first if that's going to help provide a little bit of context. Please do. Or just some uh, time. Yeah, yeah. For, or, <laughs> or, or just some time. When I, when I thought about this question... I think that one of the cartoon characters I admired the most was Tommy Pickles from oh, yeah. the Rugrats because he, he was a leader in a way that felt like natural and not forced and also like had an innate sense of justice that I always admired. But I, I really loved the way he just sort of, even though he was potentially the youngest of that, of that set, he always seemed to have the levelist head, and I, I really, I really liked Tommy Pickles. I didn't so much identify with him when I was a kid, but I, I had a sense of admiration that this bald baby in a blue shirt and a diaper was uh, a, a good role model. I've never done half the number of things with a screwdriver as he did with that toy. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he's a very resourceful baby. A resourceful baby, indeed. <laughs> Does it have to be an animated cartoon? I don't really know what you mean, but no. If you want to do Wallace and Gromit, go for it. <laughs> that's animated. That's it. That's animated. Yeah. Anything oh, good. you mean like like a uh, okay? Yes. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Calvin is Calvin is Calvin is on Calvin. the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we all know Calvin, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I think what I loved about Calvin was like he had this incredible imagination. He was always going places in it, and that was definitely very similar to me as a kid. But he was a fucking delinquent. Like mm-hmm. a brilliant creative delinquent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that he could be both. I thought that was so cool to have this character where breaking the rules was the way to greatness. Cause that's so different for me and something that I really admire in certain ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think definitely as a kid, I loved like how free he must have felt as a child. And Hobbs yeah. seems like a good best friend. And I'd love to have that best friend. Yeah, a great best friend. And also, yeah, that I always f- fantasized about being able to do that in a wagon just to go downhill. Right? Oh, impossible. And as I- they showed in all of those strips, impossible. <laughs> impossible. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. That was something I aspired to being a suave, singing and dancing right? candlestick. Mm hmm. And uh, I empathized, and I'm about to drop a deep cut. Uh, I empathized with Patu, the dog who had a hard time tying his shoes in the HBO original Rockadoodle. I am well aware of Patu. I'm a huge fan of Rockadoodle. I I empathize with Patu because I, like Patu, had a terrible time learning how to tie my shoes as a child. If you haven't seen it, it's an awesome Don Bluth cartoon retelling the Chanticleer myth, which is a lot of fun. And uh, it's the last voice role of Phil Harris, 
who was Baloo in the Jungle Book. No um, shit. And did uh, the Jack Benny program for many, many years back in the 40s. So, great movie. What's the Chanticleer myth? So, it's the, the story that, you know, there's a rooster named Chanticleer who, by crowing, is the being that makes the sunrise. Oh, okay. All yeah, true. The, central, the central conceit of Rockadoodle <laughs> is that there are a group of evil owls who want yeah. to prey on the farm animals where Chanticleer sings. So they start a conspiracy on the farm. Yeah. The sun's going to come up whether mm. Chanticleer crows or not. And Chanticleer is deeply hurt by this. Yeah. And the well, all the animals turn up, their back on him, too. Turn their back on him. The sun starts to come up and they're like, he's a fucking fraud. So he goes to Hollywood to see if he can make some money. Of course, the sun doesn't come up all the way mm -hmm. and the farm starts to deteriorate. So some of the farm animals have to blast over to Hollywood and see if they can find now, you know, woefully out of his stride, Chanticleer. Who's become bring, like an Elvis figure. Mm -hmm, and bring him back from Hollywood to the farm to sing. Uh, another really fun fact about yeah. uh, Rockadoodle, the arch villain of the movie is the, the big, big owl. His name is the Duke. Uh, do you know who voices him, Rudy? Christopher Plummer. 100%. Oh, my. Oh, it's wow. it's got a cast, man. I mean, it's, it's Ellen so Green good. is in it. It's so good. Eddie Deason, who's uh, Mandark from Dexter's Lab, is oh, in it. Um, great voice. And, uh, and the best voice of the movie, Morgan, is Charles Nelson Riley. 100 dude uncle dookie uncle dookie yeah oh, i love your stew abomination violation completely so the duke has like a uh very very like degenerate uh small nephew that yeah. it like wants very badly to do to do evil in, in honor of the duke and is just a bumbling imbecile and just <laughs> gets very overexcited about all his little evil tasks and shouts like you know these big substantive nouns like abomination adequate pipe <laughs> it's very 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 good movie uh that's going on the watch list immediately it's 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 well worth seeing and it's 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 good old-fashioned don bluth so very very cool interesting story ideas probably much too scary for actual children um the i'll scare the bejesus out of me morgan when i was a little kid so like, this is uh, this is i love that you're pointing out that it's dom booth yeah. because you're you're so right it, it feels if you watch it it feels like a disney movie that once every like 20 to 40 minutes there's a darkness that you're just like holy shit these owls are literally talking about eating all our main characters yeah. and our main characters are powerless against them. Yeah. It's very yeah. dark. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually it all works out in the end, but like there's a degree of despair and hopelessness that oh, you will yeah. never find in a Disney movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, his whole catalog, honestly, though, is like pretty amazing. Oh, I mean, yeah. And like a genre defining an American tale. Oh, Five sure. Goes West. Five Goes West. Goes West. Yeah. yeah, dude. The Secret of Nim. Yeah. Anastasia. All dogs, all dogs go to heaven. Time. Okay, so what's funny? What's funny is when Morgan was like, when Morgan said that there's a darkness that you just don't find in Disney films. I'm like, well, I don't know. The Secret of Nim was kind of dark. Five Goes West was kind of dark. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh, that's fantastic. And his later and one of my absolute favorites, Titan A.E., which I think is yeah. like one of oh, the yeah. coolest. That's like, him. That yeah. Is totally him. And it's like a totally different style, like mm -hmm. absolute like reinvention of what he's creating for like his audience aging up. And that's so cool. Like he changes over time in such a cool way as an artist. I believe the one and only Disney movie he worked on as an animator was The Black Cauldron, which is a very out-of-step Disney movie. Yeah. Yep. I believe it was the first PG animated Disney film. I think I, that that's is true. correct. Yeah, is right? Correct. Okay. Uh, what movie? Black Cauldron? The Black Cauldron. What is that? Yeah. Oh, it's great. Oh, Disney has done a great job of making sure you don't know the answer to that question. It's, it is streaming on Disney Plus, though, I believe. 
they they acknowledged its existence about 25 years ago when they were doing the um the Disney Classics VHS series. Yeah. Um it's a it's I a got high fan classic yeah. VHS. It's awesome. You may w- Cole, do you still have it? I'm going to check with my mom you as of this conversation wanna, I'm thinking yeah, about. Yeah. You may want to see how much that is worth right now. <laughs> oh. Hidden by darkness, guarded by witches, discovered by a boy, stolen by a king. Whoever owns it will rule the world or destroy it. I want to I want to watch it and I want to kick the mic over to Yes, please. Cole, Ben, Will. Yeah, I following up on super dark animated. Uh yeah, Cole already went. Um but super right, dark. Cole already went. Yep. Yeah. Nice you don't put something animated into this, and I guess you just sort of get shoved off to the side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. This is why the art form of the Saturday morning cartoons dying. Not that Sam would care about anything like that. Robin Hood and Little John are walking through the forest, laughing back and forth what the other one has to say. Oh, God. I loved that song. Um, yeah, that's a good movie, Ben. Yeah, Brave Little Toaster. Hell yeah, oh, Ben. Hell yeah. Uh, I didn't identify one of any characters, but an air conditioner gets so mad that he kills himself. Uh, <laughs> Played by Phil Hartman. Yep, formative. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, learned to never lose my temper. I guess. All right, so, <laughs> history of heart and brain aneurysms in my family too. So oh sense. my god, that's right. Yeah. I don't mean to be stuck in a wall. It's my function. <laughs> five-year-old me like, oh, suicide. <laughs> How about the fireman clown? Will Harold. Will oh. I think I think we're working through something with Ben. I mean, should we should we make space for that? Or- I, I don't want to make space point. for that. Okay. Um. <laughs> um, so I had enough time that I kind of went through a progression. I went through like through like early childhood and I was at, like Baloo actually was inspiration from Tailspin um, was like the first like hero I wanted to be. And then I moved on to Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z, um, like the strong stoic type. And then ultimately, like, I think that my truest uh, fixation was Duo Maxwell from Gun- Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. Oh, nice. Um, the pilot wow. of Death Scythe. Who like like it's a really badass like metal sounding name, but was himself like super goofy, but had like a tragic backstory. Anyway, yeah, Duo Maxwell was my was my dude. Were you watching it on Toonami? Oh, of course I was. Nice. Toonami changed the fucking Toonami. world. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Samurai Champloo, Cowboy Bebop, Veroni Kenshin. Yeah, Evangelion in the beginning, right? I thought it was towards the end. I never that I thought that was after my time. Okay. Evangelion is incredible. So, so strange, but like really it's like if you've seen Akira, that movie's For, amazing. Formative anime, but very different from if I, I would say if you if you watch Akira with eyes for anime now, it does not feel the same. Yeah. No, but I think it is stylistically yeah. similar to Evangelion, which is yeah, why I definitely stylistically similar the stories that are being told. We are telling a story here in Galarian. Nailed it. And to be honest, I do think there is a stronger link between interests in the anime stories. <laughs> nice burp, Ben. Interest in the anime stories. That was me. <laughs> that was Rudy. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that was off mic. <laughs> I do think that there's I'm a... pretty good. I do think there's a link between the anime stories and being interested in playing a role in a fantasy world. Yes. Even one in which you've just completed a battle in a kitchen, first against Horba and a couple of wolves. Quasits masquerading as wolves, I should say. And then a few ghouls come running in who you absolutely mash. <laughs> that was <laughs> the that, monster mash. The, that was brutal. <laughs> Give Will a hero point right now. He's got like 20 minutes in world to use it. So. <laughs> It's fantastic. That was just for you, Rudy. I mean, like, talk about narrow casting. I mean, come on. You came in silent and deep with that one, man. That was good. <laughs> Y'all are in the kitchen. What's up next? I just I can't stop thinking about how if the ghouls had come out of that pot, you would have had like eighty five percent of the plot of Black Cauldron in this room without even seeing it, and that's got me a little hung up. 
I wish I understood that. <laughs> the professor uh, is still interested in uh, what exactly is going on with this brewing equipment, and if put inside the uh, Morgan, what's a th- what would that be called? Where the beer, the thing the beer is being made inside of. If you're boiling it, it's a kettle. If you're fermenting it, it's probably a carboy or a fermenter. I'm going to go with the second one, if it's drinkable. <laughs> it is in its drinkable stage, yes. So the professor takes a ladle and dips it down in there and gives it a whiff. And what does he smell? You're getting some notes of grapefruit, like uh, malted grapefruit, not too, too strong. My. Uh, then, then big time, just beer. Mostly just beer, but like the notes behind that are, you know, grapefruit... Yeah, maybe a little bit, a little bit of... Uh, Morgan, help me out here. Okay, yeah, no, Eugene wants to smell it. Hang on, let me roll perception <laughs> on this. Yeah, I think like, like, will also want to roll, like, Hayden Kayleen lore to... to mm-hmm. Sam, wh- which deity is, like, the, the Trappist sort of uh, analog in this world? Oh, um, Juvenile. The Rapper? Sam, that's a 24. That's a bad joke. <laughs> Let's cut that one. <laughs> That's just a that's just a trap joke. Um, <laughs> uh, Morgan, can you repeat that? Yeah. So Eugene's rolling a twenty-four on this. All right, Eugene is rolling a twenty-four and on the thing, this. The thing that I need to know, Sam, before I tell you what he smells, is is this beer good or not? This beer is great. Okay. Oh, so yeah. Eugene's like. <laughs> now everyone, just take a fucking second. I'm getting lavender (laughs) juniper white grapefruit (laughs) there's definitely two raw malted barley and pilsner malt in this (laughs) this has been fermented by an expert oh my god Andruk can you please come over here and smell this for me yeah, Druk is deeply into this. Yeah, he, uh, he rolled an 18 on his uh, Lord Caden Kayleen, hopefully to try to get a sense of the quality of the drink and also how best to consume it in mass quantities. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The DC is lower for Caden Kayleen lore on this because the moment you take a sip, you recognize a very familiar flavor. Oh, no. Yep. I was wondering. Ugh. You recognize Detris's brew. This is one of her final projects, leaving the monastery. Did you say, um, did you say juniper? Yeah, it's like kind of this weird botanical thing. I've yeah, super uncommon. Maybe like one other brew like this. I think we should keep moving. No one wants a drink? No, let's, let's come back to it. I wouldn't mind um, if we could take just... Listen. Think about who is telling you we should keep moving. Uh, yes, I, I don't need a beer, though Though it does seem like it would be lovely. I wouldn't mind taking just 10 minutes um, to any gestures at the cloud. Get this a little under control, if Fair. you don't mind. Yeah, fine. Thank you. Yeah, I so... think Druk is going to like be impatient this entire time. I think he's he's kind of forgotten like what the what the reason that they're in the monastery is, like caught up in the in the excitement and the adventure. But um, I think he's he's been refocused now. Yeah. So you you recognize the taste of their beer, and it's developed some right. Like these brewing recipes are, I imagine, never set in stone for followers of Kate and Kayleen, right? It's specific and it's deliberate, but it is also ever-evolving. So you can taste change in this, but also the indelible print of their mark on this beer, this final project of theirs. Yeah, where where is Andruk's head at when, when you're when you're sitting there impatiently? What what are you what are you thinking about? Well, Druk's not healing Leighton, which I think is like a pretty like significant like thing. Like he's he's like a healer. Principle. He he, no, I think he's just distracted. I think he's he's honestly too far in his own head to like actually be doing to be useful to the rest of the party. Not deliberately, just like yeah. he's too deep in it. Yeah. All right. All right. So when so when when Andruk and Leighton have this conversation, Eugene's going to be like, "Well, that probably means that I have time for one," 
and he's just gonna. <laughs> I'll join you in that, Eugene. Yeah, Sven just pushes him. Aside <laughs> Finally, someone said it. Sip a little. So the professor's ladling out little goblets of uh, the brew to Eugene and uh, and uh, Sven. Yeah, and then uh, as like Eugene has like taken a couple a couple sips of this, he's gonna look at Leighton and be like, "Can we help you?" Um. So I think when you look over at Leighton, Professor Chew beer. No, no, no. The professor's <laughs> taking a sip and he's getting a little taste. You know, a little um, strong hop back, hearing it out Just, in his mouth. Uh, it's a common beer okay. thing. Yeah, it's a Hobbit thing. Got it. <laughs> when you look at Leighton, he's uh, he's doing the books, like he has a, a slim redbound book, uh, and he sort of looks up. And Sam, are we doing rolls against fellow PCs at times here? Yeah. I'd like yeah, to you're gonna you're gonna kill Andre. Fuck on. Absolutely. Uh, is it an attack roll? The answer is yes. If it's an attack roll, if it's not an attack roll. Then I pull let me a knife. Hear it. <laughs> no, I, I think Layton. He's sad. Kill him. I'm slitting throats here, Sam. Uh, what's the DC? Uh, no, just a perception for sense motive on Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this is going to go back and forth between the two of you. So Andruk, you know, Leighton is trying to get a read on you and you kind of get to be the judge of how effective it is. Um, I rolled a 16 for a 22. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's not unclear that Druk is really stressed about something. He's tapping his toes, you know, while sitting down and, and kind of in quiet, like he's, he's pacing back and forth across the room. He's, uh, he's clearly anticipating something, but also dreading it at the same time. Leighton looks over, like turns at, at Eugene's question and notices that also Andrew isn't healing me, right? Which is like so out of his nature, which I think is why Leighton is thinking about this. And he kind of looks at the guys and looks at Andrew and looks at the brewing equipment and is like, no, Eugene, thank you. Um, I don't have the level of control over this that you do or, or the professor. And so it, it can take me a little bit of time to feel myself again. Uh, so if I could just have a, a little quiet while I, while I take care of this um, and I want you to enjoy those beers, but maybe if you're, if you're going to drink and carouse, would, would you mind just giving a little space? And he's, yeah. The professor hears that and says, heard Leighton, heard. All right, everyone, be quiet. <laughs> no making any noises. Leighton is trying to get it back together. Quiet! Rudy, I'd really love it if you would stop talking about me in high school, please. Um. <laughs> Only so many times we can make fun of Cole in high school accidentally. In any case, y'all are in this room. Some of you are drinking beer. Nobody knows that Andruk believes this to be Detris's brew. I think that that sense motive role that you gave Cole was that to determine if there was something special going on with Druk or I think it was just to be like mm, something about this situation seems to be bothering Druk and I don't know what it is but he does seem okay. a little bit upset so I want to begin I can't rush the refocus right like Leighton can't do that and he needs to do it and so he's like I feel bad that I'm putting Druk in this situation where he's mm -hmm. upset so I'm trying mm -hmm. to like keep the lid on it keep the lid on it just looking out for a buddy trying to keep things quiet that takes 10 minutes does anything else happen during this time eugene definitely has another beer yeah spend has been just hand over fist yeah we'll have a few more i think i think we're well in our cups actually by the end of this all right you're well in your cups by the end of this we'll look up those rules really quick oh are there rules oh i hope there are because if there are, I'd like to play by them for the next, yeah. for the duration of the session. Let it be known yep. that Rudy likes to play by the rules. <laughs> as long as the rules are, I'm drunk. Yeah. What are the hammered rules? Oh, this is, this is great. Uh, so I'm going to say that after your first beer for the professor, uh, probably two beers for Sven and Eugene as a goblin, you know, you kind of get to tell me, tell me what you think. Eugene's tolerance is, but I'm going to need... Why is the professor's it? tolerance so low? Because yeah, you're a hobbit. Drinks. What, so what about being a hobbit would make his tolerance so low? Where are you going with this? Sam? Because you're a halfling. The small. 
the way you said that sounded kind of yeah bad, Sam. I don't know. It was oh god, the way you said it more than like yeah. No, I I totally understand that. It's because um, it's there's only one way to say it. Understood. The only Um, way to say halfling is with venom. We're all Rudy, learning. we are not, Rudy, halfling is not a slur in are this we? world because we can't afford to say the other word every time. Yeah, didn't you hear Rings of Power is just appendices? They couldn't even get any other source material. How about this, Rudy? If I start calling you Peck, I expect to hear something about it, all right? Yes. That's a reference to Willow? Did no one see Willow Oh, in this? I haven't thought about Willow in a while. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Damn it. I was hoping to not think about this again. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's a good movie. God. That's a great movie. I love that. Give me a fortitude save. All right. I got 23. It's a 22. The prof? <laughs> Make it a six. I, I think we're hammered. 13. Yes. 13 just makes it. Oh, oh, that's, that's good. That's good drink more. But if you continue to drink, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, give me another. If you if you're continuing to drink, if you think that that's the that's the initial round of potential inebriation. Yeah, so they're doing you're a second to drink, beer. Hit me with yeah. it. I mean, we wait, 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 wait. But doesn't more time have to pass? Like we're not going to keep drinking just standing here. If Layton's yeah, why not? done with his task, that was the first ten minutes. I understand. Are you going to be here for longer? It sounded like the prop wants to be here for longer. My point was that Eugene was drinking to pass the time while Leighton had a 10 minute task. Oh, okay. for my me. idea was that the professor was drinking to get <laughs> something casually handled. <laughs> totally. I don't, I am not trying to, I, I'm, I am not trying to tell you what the prof was doing. I'm just saying, Eugene no, I hear was you. like, oh, if you're standing here for 10 minutes, I'm gonna drink some of this. How Can dry I am. <laughs> Can drink How? a motive on the, on the professor. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think that if if the professor is just drinking for fun, he's going to be upset. I think if the professor is drinking as a result of the conversation he had with Eugene a second ago, he might be a little bit more oh. sympathetic. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Once yeah. there's once there's one roll out of the bag, they all start tumbling. Uh, uh, roll the two. So, oh. well, I guess so it doesn't matter. So, 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 no, 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 no. So, professor, why are you drinking? Well, he did go to the, I will, to connect it all, he did go to the brewery equipment as a way to break away from the conversation with Eugene, but he is still a halfling at heart and uh, is not going to just walk away after one beer. (laughs) So he's having, he's having a pretty good time. I'm going to say that with that failed sense motive, Andruk is going to assume the worst. Yeah. If I don't find... Can you the bathroom put, key. put the ladle down? The uh, rest yes, of us what, what, yes, yeah, are right. here to yeah. help people. Indeed. And if you would just get your head out of your own ass for oh, one dear. second, we could get moving again and actually help people. And the professor says, I'll have you know, young man, that my head has never been up my shut own up, ass. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Physically impossible. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Very well. Leighton, like, quick binds his accounting notebooks and is like, wonderful, yes, excellent, and scurries over to the door. The professor uh, agrees and goes, yes, yes, indeed. We should uh, move forward with haste as he fills a small goat skin with the beer. (laughs) (laughs) This will keep. And uh, and and where are you going? I see Leighton going to the westerly door. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're going that way. I rolled a thirteen for the second fortitude save. By the way, Sam, we had known what was on the other side of that door, right? Yeah, we, we, we explored. I think most of, I think all the doors that we've seen yeah. so far. Yeah, you Sam did. rehid the map, which is really making this tough. I did rehide the map. You have gone west. You have gone east. You know that the places that are unexplored are in the center of the map and the crypts which led off of one of the rooms near the entryway and you would presume that is where the ghouls came from those are the unexplored spaces where do y'all want to go i mean i think druk's gonna like power walk the group to the center space to the central uh, atrium and um see if the door is open yet okay so you head to the eastern door western door 
No, because the, the entrance to that space is to our east. Oh, right? got it. So we okay. should flip to the other door. So Leighton goes over to that door, hears on Druk, turns on a dime, and walks over to the east. Absolutely. You head over to the eastern door, which I believe is still ajar, and you head into the central space unaccosted. You're back in the room with the beautiful mosaic, and there are large, wonderful, beautifully ornate doors to the western edge. Andruk makes a beeline for them. They still appear to be locked. I'll never get in now. Uh, the professor... Um, oh, let me get up there with you. I'm sorry. The three drunks who are still in the pantry. Uh, yes, yes. Um, the professor uh, wobbles his way over to the room and... Um, with a mop on his head. Yeah. No, with like a lampshade on his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Necktie tied around his head like a bandana. And the, the professor says, uh, shall I uh, try to pick the lock? Uh, it wasn't successful the first time mm. and there was the big angry voice. So I don't, I don't know if it's worth your time, friend. Oh, very well. Very well. He takes a sip from the uh, goat skin. With the ghouls moving about the monastery, do we think it's necessary to defeat them in order for this door to consider it cleansed? It's like Luigi's mansion. Willie, you're shaking your head. Yeah, I mean, I think Druk is just, like, beyond upset. All things in time on Druk. All things in time. Uh, and Leighton sort of, like, pats you on the back and tries tries to turn you. I'll say this. The professor didn't break the lock the first time. The lock is still there on the door. It is still accessible. We also have a fucking key. Who the fuck knows what that opens? Well, let's try it, then. I didn't remember we had a key. Don't we? Sam, don't we? We did a have a key. Yep, you found a key on Carlesa. We don't know what it goes to. Can we use the key on the door? You pull out the key. You slide the key into the lock. Oh, yeah. This better not be a tease. You attempt to turn it. You saw yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. And? Turn it up. Turn it a Click. little slower. The door <gasps> seems to be unlocked. Oh, me, oh, my. What's up with that voice, then? Oh, that's so weird. Okay. Yeah, what the fuck kind of ring system was that <laughs> <laughs> the door was still locked when you approached it right that's not to say that there wasn't something that you could have done to trigger it but you have a key to the door let's keep moving you're moving ahead is anything happening as or before Andruk opens this door the key has already been flipped Leighton hastily downs a healing potion as the door swings open Leighton is hastily downing a healing potion. Oh, that's a huge one point. So I'm pretty much fucking good. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, dude, you're good. You're good. Fuck yeah. And that sounds like it's it. Andruk, describe what one would see from the other side of it as you open the door. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, to an extent, like, you know, the scene where uh, everyone thinks Aragorn is dead. Um, he is, he's been, you know, lost after the battle with the wargs and everyone is devastated by this, but, uh, it turns out he survives and he walks and he like makes the helms deep and then he open, like, throws open the doors mm -hmm. and he's like, they're coming. Like, mm -hmm. that's the kind of like vibe, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's throwing the doors open. He's exhausted. He's upset. Like he's just throwing the doors open. No bullshit. That is exactly the vibe as you throw open the door. To a very oh. big room. Oh, yeah. Ba -ba 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 -ba. You open the door and see a large and resplendent shrine to Gozra, the wind and the waves. The floor, which bears a mosaic depicting Gozra's battle against Rovagug in the defense of all creation, is broken by two narrow moats, one filled with churning water and the other with shrieking winds. Four slender bridges cross these moats, which appear bottomless. At the far end of the chamber is a raised dais with an altar in front of two massive statues. One depicts a bearded storm elemental, holding aloft a bolt of lightning. The other is a stern woman wearing clothing of sea foam and wearing an ornate coral crown. You also see several people and creatures across these moats. You see a corrupted retainer. You see a corrupted priest. You see two large lizards 
And that corrupted priest is yelling at a man in the gray robes of a priest of Gozra who is beaten on the floor in rough shape. That priest is played by Bill Russell, whom you may recognize. Bill Russell! On this token. Who's Bill Russell? The only man to ever have his uh, NBA uniform retired by every single team in the league. He led the Boston Celtics to a number of championships in the 60s as a player and then as a coach into the 70s. He's a wonderful human rights activist who just died. That's who Bill Russell is. There you go. And this corrupted priest is saying, you just need to listen, Harlock. All right, you just need to pay attention and get it through your head that this is what Gozra wants. We need to use this power that we found to save the land, to cleanse the waters, to clean the air. It's the only way we can move forward and you just aren't getting it. (laughs) Holy cow. And so Sam, the corrupted retainer is the one to the top center between the lizards? Yes. So they're bothering this poor person. Well, this is the the head of the monastery. This is Hamlock Hardeal. Harlock Hamdeal, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know more about Bill Russell. Um, Shadrach Meshach. You don't you, you don't know who it is in the in the sort of vitriol that's spewing out. You hear the name Harlock, you hear the last name Hamdeal referring to him in a variety of different ways. But the doors have opened. You hear that, and when there's a breath, all their heads turn to look at the door. Andruk, what do you say? Where? Is Detris. Detris? <laughs> Detris has been dealt with. Who were you and what are you doing in our monastery? I, I mean, I think it's. Pre- I just asked, where is Detris? Sorry, Doctor, was I unclear? Where is Detris? You're quite clear. Well, in that case, if you're looking for that hard headed person. I think we'll have to do for you as we did for them. Roll for initiative. Wipe them out, Andruk. I feel bad. I feel like we I didn't I didn't put us in the best place to succeed in this battle. You mean um, the best place to kill these fucking people? I think we're right where we want to be. Yeah, I think we'll be just fine. Alright, Sven, what you got for a niche? 27. Got it. Layton. 16. 16. Andruk. 26. 26. The Professor. 18. The Old Fashioned Way. 18. The Old Fashioned Way. Eugene? 30. 30. Oh, my God. Y'all rolled some rocks for initiative. Nice, dude. Holy crow. All right. Eugene, you're leading us off. He's going to walk northwest 5, 15, 20. 25, mm-hmm. just inside there. And then Eugene is going to attempt to cast Grease on the four contiguous squares that include the two corrosive lizards and our two non-lizard friends adjacent to them. Okay, so you're casting Grease on uh, the person in between the corrupted lizards and Harlock Hamdiel, who is crumpled up on the ground <laughs> got it i guess he's gonna stay down there for a while yeah, <laughs> keep him below the fire down. line it's very intelligent yeah it's keep him below honest. the fire line that's perfect. absolutely the uh Whoa. morgan you can go ahead and draw that on the map i will give you some rolls how's that look can you see what i drew yeah yeah i can see that that's looking yeah. great who doggy Coming in hot with a oh dear, that's a fifteen. God damn it! The corrupted retainer goes down. We're gonna put a little token on him. Couldn't couldn't retain their feet, could they? Could not nice. Got him. Nice. Got him. Bang bang. (laughs) It's you make it look easy. You make it look easy. Coming in spicy with another one here for one of those lizards. That's going to be a 23 coming in hot. Another one that is going to be a 22. So the two lizards stay on their feet. 
Harlock ham deal is already on the ground. He is now slightly slicker than he was a moment before. That is a move and a two-action spell. Sven, you're up. Yeah, Sven is going to run in and double slice. Hold on just a second there, bud. You are going to move into this room. You're going to get to there. You are now looking down at two roiling moats. One is made of air. One is made of water. Looking down at them, they appear bottomless. They overlap in the space just in front of you. The air continuing to move in its cycling moat. The water continuing to move in its apparently unbroken mixing in that middle square where they cross over and continuing to exist both through it and on either side as though it was unbroken. What do you want to do? Can I get to here? Or where, where no. can I stand next to it? There are four moats represented by those uh, silver arcs going over. Sorry, do you mean like bridges? Like over moats? Yeah. Yes, sorry. These arcs are bridges. Okay. I will get to here then. Looks like they're all a bridge that's too with, far. That's with one move, I believe? Yes. Yeah. I guess I can double move. You got three actions. Triple move. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, and 25. Yeah. Uh, I will right I on. get up in there. You do indeed get up in there. Sven moves the long way around the mosaic and comes up next to the corrupted priest after three move actions. Andruk, it is your turn. Druk is going to move into the room and get um, within shot of the Corrupted Retainer, get into point-blank stance, and then take a shot of the Corrupted Retainer on the ground. The Corrupted Retainer on the ground. Okay, go ahead and shoot. 24. That is going to be a hit. Six points of damage. Six points of damage to the Corrupted Retainer. Boy, we got arrows going all over the place. There's a lot to measure. Never you mind. (laughs) <laughs> that is on Druk's turn. Oh boy, it is now Threndel's turn. Sven's initiative is really messing up my playbook. So Threndel is going to call an audible. Threndel is going to five foot step up onto this bridge. And then seeing on there is going to... Oh, roll a dexterity check to get off in a direction away from him. All right, natural 19 on that. And that is two actions. I've got one action left. And they are going to cast... No, they are going to stand right here on that bridge and then are going to move right here, getting up against the wall. That is their move. Threndel takes basically three five-foot steps, two guarded steps, and one move action to get up against the eastern wall in an absolutely thrilling turn. (laughs) That brings us up to Encretia, who uses their first action to drop the reins, the leashes of the monitor lizard, and says, attack, in a free action. Then they are going to... Wait, sorry. So it's the dropping of the reins, the free action, and the, and the yelling attack? The, the, leashes were wrapped, the leashes were wrapped around her wrist, mm-hmm. and it is a full interact action for her to free those. So it is okay. an action to, to, That's let, I was asking. to let loose these lizards. Let loose the dogs of war! Let loose the dogs of war! And then is going to interact draw her trident and her shield which is strapped to her arm already she is going to raise so Encretia drops the reins raises a shield and draws her trident all of those are her actions my goodness how exciting the recently unleashed monitor lizards they may be able to do some cool stuff The first lizard is going to take a step up into Sven's business here and strike out. Big die time. Garbage. That's a 14 to hit. We know that that doesn't hit. Yeah. Next up. Oh, another three. It doesn't matter what die I use. 
God, that's terrible. The next monitor lizard is going to take a guarded step and also get up into Sven's business. He's going to also like do like a reflex save since he's moving through the grease, right? Both More of them again. have to. Stepping out. Stepping oh, that's out. That's a caster right there. Yep, that's a caster right there. All right, we're going to roll that check for both of Well them. done, Eugene. First one is a pass. Second one is a 14. That's a fail. Nice. Hell yeah. And it is try to move out of it, Morgan, right? Like, if you start your turn in it... I'm going to read the text. Uh, Area, all solid ground in the area is covered with grease. Each creature standing on the greasy surface must succeed at a refix save or an acrobatics check against your spell DC or fall prone. Creatures using an action to move onto the greasy surface during the spell's duration must attempt either reflex saves or an acrobatics check to balance Creature that steps or crawls doesn't have to attempt this deck. Okay, so yeah, this this giant monitor lizard is going to step off of the grease. They are not moving onto the greasy surface. So they are stepping off of it. They are just stepping. They are being very careful. Okay. They are able to get off without falling. And now a natural fucking one with my dice that says fuck instead of a natural one. I can't. This can't. This 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 fight can't go like this. This fight can't go like this. We gotta heat up. We gotta heat up on this side of the computer. There we go. That's a natty eighteen. That is going to hit your AC, Ben, and that is going to be six points of damage, and you are grabbed. I'm tickled. Yeah, you're grabbed and tickled. Grabbed getting that big heart on you there. Yeah, whacking off a little. Okay. You said hard on. Yep, there's a heart <laughs> on him. Those are it's on the... him? Pumping not... his leg. Oh, is that what that means? Heart on? Uh, that, that makes so, so much more sense now. Oh my goodness. How about that? Missed that ability. Alright, the professor, it's your turn. What do you got? All right, the professor is going to enter the uh, Great Hall and uh, move uh, five feet down to the south outside the door. Is the evil priest 30 feet away from me? 35. 35. Okay, very well. What if I'm here? What if I move 30? Okay, well, it's not to block Leighton. I will... um... No, it doesn't seem like that at all. (laughs) Okay. So I I move over to the wind moat. And I am going to cast a flaming sphere at our uh, corrupted priest uh, to the north. Corrupted priest uh, to the north, flaming sphere. Yeah. All right. The one who's harassing Harlock Campion. All right. So you're looking for a reflex save, and Rudy, you should have control of that campfire token on the map. Reflex save coming I've up. I've got it. Another natural one. I. Oh, I'm afraid is, that won't pass. That's a critical, that a critical failure. Fail? Yep. Oh, that's a critical failure. Let's see if there's any. No, there's no critical failure, unfortunately, but you will receive um, 3d6 fire damage. I certainly will. Really hoping for a hummamamoo there. (laughs) Hummamamay. This sucks. Oh, really? So that is nine points of damage. Nine points of damage. The professor moves and then lights up my corrupted retainer with a flaming sphere critically fails on Leighton. This die is getting retired. That die is terrible. Okay, Leighton is going to fill the last little gap there at the edge of the wind moat and like kind of pulls himself up short and looks down. Oh, sugar. Well, I'm not getting across that, so fire away on Druk. Um, magic weapon on the bow. Magic weapon on the bow. So plus one striking enchantment on that weapon for you, and that is the end of Leighton's turn. Holy crow, holy crow. Leighton, a fast and efficient turn there. That is the end of round one, the top of round two. Eugene, what are you going to do? Eugene Arena is going to walk over 1520 to right there. That is in the wind mode. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay. Goodbye. Okay, can, we, can we go to, to there? That's not in, yes. That is not in. You are next to the Corrupted Priest, correct? Thank you, thank you. Uh, and then he's going to cast Wild Shape and turn his 
falls into clouds. And wow, Che. You make my heart ache. You skin my grape. Sven, you're up. Yeah, Sven is Juicy. gonna double swing on the corrosive guy in front of him. Mm-hmm. 22. 22 is a hit. Nice. Uh, for eight points of damage. Eight points of damage, not nothing. Is that yep. a double slice? Yep. Uh, 15 with the second. 15 with the second. That is a miss. All righty. All right, but you are realizing as you look down that there is this corrosive acid eating away at you as you are grabbed in its mouth and you are going to take four points of acid damage. All right. LSD does fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Andruk, it's your turn. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I think Druk is going to move 10 feet or um, how about 20 feet to the north and then start keep taking shots at the... Um, the retainer, which is still on the ground. Is that correct? Yeah. The retainer is still on the ground. Did not stand up in the course of its turn. It there is something kind of sick about, like, being there under the shield, though, on the ground. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It drops the leashes, like, like falls down, drops the leashes, and then pulls out its weapons and its armament. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that, absolutely. Andrik, you're still firing away? Yeah. Maybe 29 to hit. Uh, 29 is a hit, and it is going to raise shield. Oh, got it. It's going to shield block. Got it. While you have your shield raised, you would take damage from an attack, a physical attack effect. You snap your shield into place to ward off the blow. Your shield prevents you from taking an amount of damage up to the shield's hardness. Okay, so I know the shield's hardness. And the rest of the damage goes through. So r- roll, roll your damage. Um, here we go. It's max damage, nine points of damage. All right. So you see that some of that gets absorbed by the shield, but by no means all of it. Does it destroy the shield? Good question, Cole. I've got the wooden shield's stats up in front of me. That was not enough to break it. Damn. Good shot, Will. Good shot. Going to roll again. Mm-hmm. It's a 16 on the die, so that's going to be um, 22 to hit. 22 to hit. 22 to hit is a hit. Nice. Sweet. Um, again, nine points of damage. And this time you cannot shield block. It's a reaction to do that. Woof salad. That's not looking good at all. It's such a dope anyway. image, though, of like the first arrow hitting and like tearing the shield out of the way. And then the second one, like, punching through the shoulder or something, like... Yeah, or just that, like, the, the shield was moved into position for the first one, blocks it, still pokes through, gets them in the shoulder, and then you shoot them where they are no longer covered. And I will say that 22 to hit is exactly their AC with a raised shield. Snap. Yeah, and so, uh, yes, and prone. Well done. Damn. No, I, 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 I didn't have that on. Uh, so you, you surpassed it by miles, because they are indeed still prone. Uh, but you hit on all of them, so nothing matters. Nothing matters at all. All right, so Threndle here is the corrupted priest. They are going to wave their hands in an arcane fashion for the full six seconds of their turn, and <laughs> out pops. A beautiful baby boy. A wow, wow. water elemental. Oh. A beautiful baby water elemental. Directly behind the professor. Yeah! We were the ones talking, oh. so we took the brunt end of that one, Rudy. Don't do mm-hmm. that. <laughs> oh, you got jokes? Here's a water elemental. Ah. It is now going to attempt an athletics check. I'm immune to water attacks. Immune to water attacks? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a feat I chose. It's uh, pretty great. The, the, the cadence of this joke is very specific, and I have to say, I like Morgan uh, cast Tanglefoot on the water <laughs> elemental. We should be able to take it out in two turns. Uh, I maxed this is the out. This is what I'm talking about. All right. It's attempting an athletics check. <laughs> uh, athletics checks uh, shouldn't work in this situation. Uh, check the mm-hmm. rules right now. Yeah, we should be fine as long as everybody stays tight. No, nobody runs straight into the moat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sven, just get into formation so that way we flank the water elemental. 
great. Everyone's everyone's got great jokes. I'm really loving it right now. And yeah. also the water elemental shoves the professor five feet forward. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's exactly what we didn't want him to do. <laughs> he just shoves him. I love. I'm sorry. I know the professor's in a great deal of trouble, but I do love the idea of the water elemental just shoving the professor. <laughs> yes, and it's shoving pretty easy you, thing to do. <laughs> it's shoving you into the nexus of these two linked rings, where exists both water and air. You will benefit from the fact that you are falling into the one that also has air because you will get a reflex save to try to grab oh. the edge. My so drowning will be that much longer. Mm-hmm. You can grab edge. You have a hero the, this is a reflex DC to grab an edge. All right. I'm going to use my hero point to roll this, I think. You can mm-hmm. do that after the roll. I'm oh, I can? I think so. Yes. Yes. All right. Then I'm going to save it for after the roll. A reflex save, eh, Sam? Mm-hmm. Well, it just happens to be my finest save. I've got the DC right here. It's a 19 on the die. Oh, my God. Is that better than me? DC or, or not? It's a 27 total. <laughs> yeah. So fortunately, my reflex save is actually my strongest save. So this should be a pretty easy die roll. <laughs> Uh, Sven, if you could just come up, come under the professor with like a basket to catch him, and then double swipe at the water elemental. Yep, yep. I'm pretty you sure do... that what he just did has the manipulate trait, so that should give a uh, attack of opportunity to you, Andrew. So we should be done with this battle pretty quick. Wish I wish I hadn't acknowledged it and it appreciated it in silence. Get dunked that... on Sam 23 from the East Coast. <laughs> okay. All right. So the water elemental is now going to attempt another attack right here against. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. It just takes a big breath yeah. in and yeah. is going to. <laughs> Layton, I am going to need a reflex save. If you insist. Oh, fuck. 11. 11 is not going to do it. What happens instead? What happens instead? Instead, you are absolutely fucking painted in acid and take eight points of acid damage. Ouch. Bad. Very, very bad. That is one, two, three turns for the water elemental. God, finally, we're succeeding. And Kresha is going to crawl out of this grease right here, five feet, and then is going to stand up as a third action. And then, my gosh, what are they going to do? You know what? They're just going to raise their shield again because they're getting absolutely fucking dinged on right now and they don't like it they're panicking they're panicking sam's not panicking and kreisha's panicking the giant monitor lizards they're going to attack sven they're going to attack sven this one's going to attack sven sven you are flat-footed that is a minus two to your ac that is going to be oh 21 to hit that will hit Oh no, I'm rolling a d10 for this damage. And I'm rolling a d100 instead. So I saw the 10 come up and I thought it was maximum damage. It is instead minimum damage. So that is going to be three points of damage. That's much better. Yes, it is. It is indeed. That is just going to be three points of damage. It's going to come back in. No, it's going to spin around after realizing that it can't grab you because its friend does and is going to spray out with an acid attack, a breath weapon, if you will. It's going to get Andruk and Eugene in its cone. Give me reflex saves. Is this poison? It is not poison. 22. Thank God. Uh, 18. 18 is a fail. 22 is a pass. 18's a fail? 
18's a fail, baby. This is the end of the chapter. Are you kidding me? Come on. Don't you dare. Oh my God. It was spinning. It was spinning. It was spinning. 3d6. That is going to be six points of damage to Eugene and three points of damage to Andruk on the successful sale. Absolutely garbage rolls on this end. None of you deserve to survive this fight. And yet here we are. That is the first giant monitor lizard's turn. The second one is going to release Svend very briefly and is going to chomp back down. Releasing the grab is a free action to bite again. That is going to be a 23 to hit. That is against your normal AC. Oh, that'll hit. That is going to be eight points of damage and you are grabbed. (sighs) Ben, I'm going to try to reposition and move you while you are grabbed. It's going to take five feet to the south and east and drop you into this moat. You are going to get an athletics check to try to free yourself. Alrighty. Uh, 14. 14 is a fail. You are dragged and it's going to use its final action to shake you out of its jaws. You drop into the moat. We're going to start dealing with that on your turn. Professor, it's your turn. Oh, good. The professor will use one action to sustain the flaming sphere. I believe the action is to sustain and move. Yes, so he'll use it to move it back onto that corrupted priest. Reflex save? Please. Okay, that is going to be decent. We got decent on this one. That yeah, what is it? It's just slightly above average. Yeah. And is a 17. That's a fail. Oh. 3d6, please. And by that, I mean me. I'll be six points of damage. Five hit points left. It's dead. Yes. Hold on. Look, what happened? Go ahead. You only rolled one d6. Yeah, I only rolled one. Oh, I did? Oh, let's. Doesn't matter. It's fine. So it's 15 points of damage. If that changes anything. Absolute jester. Still very dead. That's only one action from the professor. What's up next? Uh, the professor will cast a. Um, uh, what do you call it? Oh uh, no, professor! I'm sorry. You you are hanging on the edge of a precipice right now. Uh, your first action. I think needs to be. I guess that makes me awfully talented. (laughs) All right. I'm going to let you get, I'm going to let you get away with that one. Um, I I am going to let you get away with that one because I missed it because I forgot. But yeah, so you concentrate, you move it, you're hanging on by one hand and you're like, get over there. So you concentrate on that. No, fuck that. You you can't concentrate. You can't concentrate while you're hanging by an Absolutely not. I'm not Absolutely not. You can't concentrate on that while you're hanging by your ankles. No way. That thing goes away. That thing went away when you fell. You know, you know what? I'll say you get to you get to bat it aside. You're really really messing with the rules here now when you do that, though, I think. No, I don't think I don't think I am. I think that thing should have gone away as soon as you were hanging by a thread and made a reflex save, because the concentrate rules say you basically can't do anything else. However, hands off the chest piece on this one. You did able, you were able to move it, um, but it now absolutely disappears because you're hanging by a thread. Okay, fair enough. You can do an athletics check to climb up. Oh no, an acrobatics check won't get me up there. An acrobatics check won't. Climb is no longer a skill in this game. Right, I got you. All right, here we go. So long, fellows. Whatever this is, it's at a minus one. Your point. That's a 12. Hero point. That's a fail. I'm going to use a hero point then. No, I already said that's a fail. I already said that's a fail. You can't know that. You can't know the result. You could have done it a little bit faster there, Rudy. You could have done it a little faster. You can try again with your third action. All right. Here we go. You know that a 12 is a fail now. Hero point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can use a hero point on that. Oh my God. Oh my God, Rudy. (laughs) Oh no. Diminishing returns. Yeah, so uh, you have to take that one, and that is a critical fail. And so you begin to slide down the wall. You are, it's now going to take you two athletics checks to get up to the top of it. Um, You can also, given your position right now, try on your next turn to get into the water mode, which might be a little bit easier to get out of. You have to do swim checks, but. 
it's going to be a, a little bit easier than trying to make this climb check you're beginning to, or you think it might be a little easier to, than this climb check. I have a feeling the professor will be drowning is what's going to happen here. Might happen. I hope well, I hope that's not how he goes out. Let's just let it go then. I guess I think it'd be kind of funny. We'll see a new character next week. Mm-hmm. Layton. Preordained. Um, is Sven clinging by his fingertips? No, Sven is in the water. Sven is in the water. Okay. Layton's going to say, oh, bother. Uh, and, oh, cast uh, the two-action version of heal on Sven. So that is going to be... Nice. Uh, 15 points of healing to you, Ben. Nice. Oh, wow. And then Leighton really does not want to be where he is right now, so he is going to run uh, 20 feet to the north to hide behind Eugene next to the corrupted priest and say, cover me and I, I, I might be able to get rid of those lizards. And that is his turn. Leighton casts a two-action heal on his buddy Sven, who is floundering in the water in this tiny moat, cutting through this beautiful mosaic. You've taken down the corrupted retainer. You've still got a priest that seems in pretty good shape. You've got some big monitor lizards that are messing stuff up on the other side of this air moat from the rest of this party. We're going to find out what happens next week. Mm. Oh. Don't close the lights.